0: Well, it is great to be with you guys. Very lovely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, On the screen will come up a little picture of me and my boys in one of the very small weather windows of our holiday, when it wasn't actually just raining down on us every moment so that's Mike and Dan and Johnny Um, and if you don't know me I thought I'd have some really important facts for you this morning because the kids are in I'm going to just keep to the bare essentials Um, there are actually before I forget some activity sheets if you want one of those go grab one at the back or take it with you Now, the most important facts, I love baked beans, and I really hate olives. Anyone with me? No, you're all grown-ups. I I will one day be old enough and grown-up enough to like olives. Uh, Secondly, this is for my boys. My favorite Pokemon is Charmander. Give us a wave if you like, Charmander. Wow, okay, I'm on my own right here. Um, And I've been part of this church for 20 years, which has been a privilege for me. Um, No age jokes. And one of my favorite things to do is to go into Bedford prism. With Mike and some other friends here from Kings Arms and to just share Jesus' love in there. We love going in and leading the services there. So when I was asked to speak on my favorite bit of the Bible, I thought about another fact about me, which is that I like keeping things really simple. I like to go back to basics. And that's what we're going to do today. So I've known God for pretty much all my life. Um, In fact, when I was really little, I was on first name basis with God. I knew that he was called Peter, and I would talk to Peter, and my family were like, why why do you call God Peter? Well, that's his name. Why do you think that's his name? Every week, we went to church and said, thanks, Peter God. I mean, they were doing it too. didn't know what was wrong with them. Now, I don't know if you ever find that things get a bit complicated in following Jesus, but when I was really small, that was the case. And even now, that is the case. Sometimes it gets a bit overwhelming and confusing. So I need some help to help me demonstrate how when you're going through life's ups and downs and challenges and difficulties, and you're listening to all these great bits of advice from the Bible and from church and from talks and from leaders and from friends and all this stuff about how to follow God, it can all get a bit overwhelming. So can I have two grown-up-ish volunteers Two, two, run down here, come on, let's have you. Come on. Right, Andy, no one's doing it, get up here. I need another one, I need someone who's not afraid to come and help out. Thank you, thank you, perfect. You get this. Okay guys, I don't know if you've ever heard of multitasking. We're gonna try some multitasking here. So, I'd like you just to bounce this ball, please guys. Just bounce the ball in front of you, that's perfect. And if you can just start to step from side to side while you do that, that would be lovely and um just no no side to side don't leave me side to side and if you can just turn around as well keep stepping keep turning that would be great and i've just got some memory verses so if you can just read this out loud while you do that keep turning around keep turning if you can just read these memory verses out and turn around keep turning that's great guys and if you can just balance this cup on top of your sorry head at the same time come on andy and a cup cup on top of your head come on guys this is easy right keep going Ah, uh, let's have a round of applause for my volunteers. Very good guys. Excellent job. So, thank you. What was your memory verse, guys? <laughs> oh right, okay. <laughs> so that's me in life quite often. I'm so busy stepping and bouncing and turning and balancing that I'm like trying to get for the for your for your um whatever. The, the One of the things in the memory verse was do not be anxious. So, you know, we're kind of going around, we're like oh, like, oh yeah, don't be anxious, don't be anxious, yes, yes, okay, I'll do that as well. And we can just get a bit overwhelmed and busy and confused. So today, we're going to look at what people who were asking Jesus, well, okay, there's so many laws and regulations and they got overwhelmed as well. what's really the thing we should focus on? What are we really meant to be doing here? And people asked him this all the time in lots of different ways. Some of them were trying to trick him out and some were genuine. So I have just up behind me some of the ways this question got asked. So he got asked, you know, which is the greatest commandment in the law? What must I do to inherit eternal life? Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Now, this is kind of written down in all the accounts of his life, but we're going to look at Matthew, who is with Jesus, So I've got a couple of other places where this is mentioned. But basically, it keeps coming back to love God and love other people. So when asked, out of everything we know about following God and being Christian, what are we really meant to do? Love God, love other people. And he said, all of the law and the prophets hang on these. And where else it's recorded that he said it? It said, do this, and you will live. He said, there is no commandment greater than these. So this means for us that any time, any place, any situation you're going through, if you're getting overwhelmed and you're not quite sure how to follow God in that situation, love God, love other people. Got to keep it simple. So now, we're going to look at this. Love God. I need a volunteer. Have I suddenly gone echoey? Ooh. I need a, I, I need a volunteer. <gasps> One at the back. Come on down. Yes. Okay, this volunteer is going to hold for me this beautiful heart. Can you hold that for me? So, as we saw those different versions, Jesus said to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. So we're going to look at how we love God with all our heart. Did you know that your heart beats 10,000 times a day? So you've got 10,000 heartbeats to love God with every day. Can you tell me something you love? I love playing with my ball. Yes, playing with your ball, absolutely. There's loads of things that fill our heart, and we love them. In fact, we've got a picture of a few things that might fill our hearts with love. So it might be our families, it might be sports that we love, it might be holidays. And some of these things are really good, and some of them maybe take up too much space in our heart, like the dream house or the job title we're heading for. But actually, although we're called to love loads of things as gifts from God we're also called to put God first. So these things should fade into the background as God takes up the biggest space in our heart and comes before all those things. Now, you might think, but I can't just make myself love God more than my family. Or I just don't get as excited about him as I do as playing with my ball. I just don't get that excited about him. Well, we're not supposed to fake it We're meant to actually stir and cultivate this relationship. So he naturally comes to the fore and becomes the one we love above all else. So David in the Bible was great at this because he got every part of his life and took it all to God he took him his disappointments he took him his fears he took God when he was feeling really grumpy and when he was amazingly happy and excited he took it all right to God and was so real and raw with him that he met with God in all those times and that stirs love in your heart as you see God meeting with you and doing the things that you've asked him to do and bringing you peace when you need it and that stirs that love for him We can also stir it with thankfulness. Can you think of something you're thankful for? Uh, Being good at football. Yes. We can totally thank him for your talents. That's a great one, mate. Can thank him for your gifts and abilities. Absolutely. Maybe every day you could just think of three things you're thankful for and share it with someone or write it down. It stirs something of gratitude in our heart. And that love grows through that active relationship with God. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Can we have a big round of applause? Now, I need another volunteer to hold a very big brain. Who's going to come and hold this? Come on down. Perfect. All right. Thanks. Hello, friends. How are you? Right. Can we have the brain? Now, we are called to love God with all of our minds Did you know that the information in your brain goes at 268 miles per hour? And, fun fact for me, when you are hit 40, it starts shrinking. Now, we are called to love God with all of our mind, and however much is left at this stage, it is all for him. Now, this has to do with what we fill our minds up with. The Bible helps us with this, because, you know, we fill our minds with all sorts of different things. But we are told to focus on what is noble, what is true, what is right. Whatever is pure or lovely, anything that's admirable, excellent or praiseworthy, that's what we should dwell on. So of course our thoughts go all other places. But any time we notice our thoughts, thinking rubbish thoughts about someone else or making plans that maybe aren't quite so honest or godly or just getting in a funk and having a pity party... We're to draw ourselves back to whatever's true, whatever's noble, to flow in with God's way of thinking, to think kingdom thoughts. Not easy, but the Holy Spirit is here to help us. Can I have a round of applause for my beautiful volunteer? (laughs) Thanks, Nick. (laughs) Okay, now I need a really strong volunteer. Can I have a very strong volunteer for this? Because this is loving God with all your strength. Come on, who reckons they can hold this up for me? Yes, thank you. Wonderful, and can we have a flex of the muscle as well? Yes, there we go. Perfect, so we're also called to love God with all our strength. Now, fun fact, you have 600 muscles in your body. 600 muscles to love God with. So, of course, we can use these to praise God. We're told to praise God with our body, right? To jump and dance and worship him. But also, it's worship when we use our strengths and abilities to their best. That is honoring God and what he's given us. When we put our strength to the things of God and just to use the talents he's given us, he takes it as worship. So an example for you, we support an amazing couple in Mexico called Paula and Uriel, and Uriel is part of a team in Tijuana who build houses for families who don't have enough money even to put a roof over the heads of their kids. So they build these houses and they give them away to these families, no strings attached, just as a demonstration of the love of God. Isn't that incredible? What great thing to support. So he is putting his literal strength into loving God and showing God's love. But, you know, any time we just do our best, it honors God. So I like to think about this when I'm doing the rubbish chores. So can anyone shout out a chore that they really don't like doing? Washing. Any other chores? Hey, the hoovering. Any other chores? Yes. Do you know what I do? I just don't iron. There's a simple solution to that. You can probably tell from my T-shirt. Just don't do it. Yeah, so when I'm doing things like sweeping or scrubbing, you saw I had two boys. I spend a lot of my time cleaning. Um, Whenever I'm doing that kind of thing and I don't feel like it, I get an attitude check and I think, you know, if I do this really well, God's going to take it as worship. So then I just put the effort in. I'm like, okay, God, this one's for you. When we do these things, whether it's your schoolwork or your job or whether it's just the way that you serve somebody, when we do them excellently... That is honouring God with our strength. It's loving him with our strength. Thank you so much, my friend. And then Jesus said, we are to love him with our whole soul. This is the perfect representation of me, as you can see. So, love him with our soul. Now, this is a bit harder to describe, but basically, one day our bodies, our hearts and strength and all this, they're going to fade and die. And yet, we go on for eternity. We are eternal beings. So this may fade and we may get a new body, but I am still me. I go on for eternity in God. And so our soul is the bit of us that keeps going when our body breaks down. And our soul is actually something we're still meant to love God with completely, because this is the bit that gets to be with him for eternity. So all the other things we're doing and thinking and trying to do and be and create actually have to come second place to our spiritual health and our walk and connection with God. We have to prioritize loving God with our soul. That means our complete being, no hidden place, nothing kept back from him, everything surrendered to our God. Love him with our soul. And that's what we're called to do. And it lasts for eternity. So we're loving God with our soul, with our mind, with our strength, with our heart, all of it. God first, God first. So that sound, sounds impossible, right? It's really, how? To love him with my whole mind and my whole heart. But of course, our God is the God of the impossible. And he never expects us to do this stuff without him, does he? He gives us Holy Spirit. He leads us into the way. And also, this isn't meant to be like a bar that you measure yourself against and go, oh, I'm so rubbish. I'm only loving him with 5% of my brain, and my brain feels small today anyway. Actually, we're meant to be going, oh, this is the path to life. Because Jesus said, everything hangs on this. You know, Jesus said, do this and you will live So this is about orientation. This is about turning ourselves to prioritize. It's about saying, okay, in my heart, God first. With my mind, God first. Okay, with my strength, God first. My soul, my spiritual health first before everything. And as we do that, it will naturally lead us to the second commandment, which is to love your neighbor. To love your neighbor as yourself. Not meant to be down on yourself and mean to yourself. God loves you. Receive the love and then love your neighbour as yourself. We're called to love others. And um, who knows that Jesus didn't leave it to just the people that are really easy to love and that we like loving? (laughs) Any ideas about some of the people that Jesus suggested we might want to try loving? Who are our neighbours? Who are we supposed to be loving, guys? Any thoughts? Sorry. Everyone. Should we break that down a little? Any examples? Our enemies. Yes. Love our enemies. Anyone else? Those who persecute us. Amazing. Anyone else? Who did Jesus stop for? The poor, the broken, the lonely, those left out, those who weren't always easy, those who society didn't want anything to do with. All these people are the people that Jesus stopped for. So we are called to stop, to not just run to the person that's easy to love, but to stop for the one before us that God has called us to love, to show his love. And they have a heart and a mind and strength and a soul that's meant to be loving him as well. We get to introduce them to the one who will be everything to them. So we can love them with our mind, careful of our thoughts towards them. Get our God glasses on. How do you see them, God? We can love them with our heart. God, connect me to your love for this person. Love them with our strength. How can I help them? What can I do for them to demonstrate God's love? And love them with our soul. Okay, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for this person to come into the kingdom. So we can love our neighbor as ourself. And that's what we're called to do. And if we do this, guys, we have life. It's not meant to be a heavy burden. That's not our Father. This is meant to bring life, bring life into our lives. So do you want to stand with me and we'll just pray.